0: Welcome everyone to episode 51 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnan, and in this special two part episode, I had a great chat of HSO Solutions Specialist, Keith Watling. Now, This guy has such an interesting and inspiring backstory as to how he's got to where he is today. And for anyone sat at a job wondering if they can do more or be more, And for anyone wondering if they have what it takes to stand out from the crowd, and for anyone thinking they'd like to try something new, but afraid to just do it. then after hearing from Keith, you'll soon realise that anything is possible. I mean, this is a guy who once drove buses for a living and is now one of the leading Microsoft Power Application Specialists. So, grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
1: Tea or coffee? Oh, coffee. In the morning, tea in the afternoon. I'm English.
0: How do you have a coffee?
1: Well, it depends on the time of day. It's before 11am.
0: <laughs> work in the office or work at home?
1: Um, both. There is no one or the other. You don't have a preference? No, I will I will literally machine gun everybody if I work in the same place <laughs> for a duration. So leaving me at home allows me to not kill everybody in the office. <laughs> and Leaving me in the office allows me to not kill everybody at home.
0: Well, there's some advantages I never would have put down on a, yeah. uh, on a podcast, but useful.
1: <laughs> Dine-in or dine-out? Dine-out. DIY or pay someone to do it? DIY, mate, all the way. Oh, really? Davan? Oh, yeah. You're Son Dabband? of the master builder. What can I do? <laughs> Keith, the master builder. Yeah.
0: And uh, when it comes to DIY, then, particularly when it comes to technology and your own area of expertise around power apps and for the for those listening, give a bit of background about yourself and where have you come from, Keith, because you are quite an expert when it comes to power-ups. But that hasn't always been your way, has it?
1: No, I've done a lot of things in my little life. Um, all the way from selling loo roll and cleaning yeah. up dog's mess to driving a bus to making applications. Um but I, I sort of I started when I saw a multimedia PC at my college when I was doing an electrical installation course. And I, I managed to wangle my way on to a a multimedia course back in the day and sort of play with cd roms and all this kind of stuff and make all these cool things back in the 90s when the cd rom was everything and the internet didn't even have a background you know like your, your modem made a noise and video conferencing was something that you needed a special computer for so yeah that was that was that and I, I stuck at that for a while and um i really wanted to be a graphic designer but i had got any training in it whatsoever so i just learned all the software and kind of learned by doing and and experience and then i got into web design and doing e-learning stuff and a dot-com bubble popped and i found myself on on a sunday on a boat and an office party and on the monday everyone was made redundant you know it's one of those kind of things <laughs> and, um yeah i just remember it to the day it's quite very emotional it was the first time i'd ever got sort of been out of work in my entire life i've always had a job ever since i was able to sort of Carry a sponge to wash the cars down the street. I've always worked. I've never been out of work, so that was a real shock. It's the only time I've ever been out of work in my entire life. And um, I had a bit of money, so I sort of mooched around for a month and couldn't figure out what to do. And the company I'd worked for, they, they'd failed because they weren't selling anything. So I went off in my DIY nature and I found a job selling. So I went knocking on door to door and selling British Gas and like standing in the high street and saying, "Oh, do you want to do you want to sign up for this special deal and all that sort of stuff?" Brilliant. Great fun, night like, learning to sell, learning to talk to people, and then it got that was that was the summer down, lovely. And the winter came, flipping horrible. Did you want to be outside when it? Oh my goodness, it was around. cold. The wind was blowing sideways. I was wet through to the skin. I was like, oh, this is dreadful. And um, I just I remember walking out of my house and uh, I saw this bus go past, and it had on the side, I think it was like earn four hundred pounds a week or something driving this bus. And I thought, oh, it's better than doing this. So I went down to the I went down to the bus garage and they they, they immediately saw that I was uh, um, a cut above the rest. Took the mickey out of me for having red hair, which turned out to be my my new nickname for the rest of my entire life at the bus organisation was Ginger. And it, you know people just didn't know me by any other name for about seventeen years. And I kind of worked there and I I, I drove a bus for a bit and I worked my way up to being a supervisor and playing a great big computer game which is controlling the buses. We used to do it by the side of the road with with pen and paper. And then we went digital and we did it all behind the screen. And and it was there that I kind of got frustrated with this massive carbon copy pad that we had. And someone had had a go at making an Excel workbook for that. And it didn't quite didn't quite work the way that we wanted it to. And it was very difficult to update and it wasn't flexible enough to enable creative control of the bus service. It was just wasn't right. And we kept getting fined and we kept getting told off and we would we would even print out all these sheets at the end of the day and fax them off to all of the different garages and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is a bit crazy. So I had to go at building something in Excel that was better and then for another system, for another thing we were struggling with. And then I thought, well, they said, well, we have a crack at redoing this. So me and the guy built it, we worked together and, and we rebuilt it and we 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 gave them a system that went from they didn't know what they predicted, what they what mileage they'd lost on a route for seven days. And we took it down to telling them what it was like, what mileage they were losing. And that was revolutionary. You know, our, our managers could go in. We we sort of had Excel sending out emails and like all this sort of weird stuff, like, you know, sending out these emails with the stats on it of what we'd lost throughout the day. And and, and our managers could go in a meeting at TFL and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I've, I've lost this much. And all the other bus operators are sitting there going, oh, but they don't know, you know, they're getting a rough estimate from some, pens and papers and calling up and this, that, and the other, but our guys knew. And and then we kind of worked on a predictive system for service control and all this kind of stuff. It was really cool. But the one how thing did
0: that you, how did you, How did your background take you from where you were to, to developing well, and, and... Well, to it did systems. so. It's, I've I've always,
1: so when I was doing multimedia, I've been playing with computers since I was sort of seven or eight years old when I was in micro, right? So, but I, I'm not a computer. It doesn't make any sense. Like the programming languages, I get to a level and, and it's just like, I want to actually make something. And I'm a very visual person. I like my graphic design, so I want it to look nice. It needs to work well. Like that's the bit to me yeah. that that's important. So I can make all the stuff behind the scenes work, but I, I got really annoyed with, with with trying to become a pro coder and all that sort of stuff. It was just so much to get to the end goal that you could never do it. You could never make quality stuff. But back in the day with multimedia, we had these low code, no code tools like Macromedia's Director and an right, which were like you put a shape on the screen and it became an if statement and then you could kind of build an interface around it so right. when i found power platform it was um a friend of mine I, I was i was lamenting the fact that we'd made this system in excel and we'd gotten i think about like 12 columns of intel on a on a workbook and it changed the face of the bus it changed the face of the, the the company like the way that which we gathered this data and it was only yeah. little bits of data and I got in, into my head that if we just had a few more columns if we had a few more instances like that where we kind of got some additional Intel that we didn't have before some more data that we didn't have before that all of a sudden we would have more epoch moments where we were catapulted off to do something even better even greater yeah so I thought right we really need some ways of getting rid of the rest of the paper forms that, that are knocking around and there was tons of them and a friend of mine said oh you had to look at Microsoft forms if you had to look at at, um, at that and it was great but it didn't do context sensitive drop downs it wasn't the best user experience it didn't hand hold them it didn't sort of give them any actions after it and all that kind of stuff so but what i did find is there was all these um qr codes dotted around the engineering base for different forms the, on microsoft forms and they were qr coding them to fill stuff in to do checks and i was like man they they like they're doing it themselves they they got so bored of waiting for sap or whatever erp coming along because those things take a long time to arrive at the station that they were just doing it themselves and i was like wow imagine if we could connect that up to data and and i I couldn't do what i wanted to do with forms pro so that week this little power apps thing appeared in my 365 like it was literally just came up and said power apps and i went what's that hang on, and, hang, on. hang on how long ago was this this was like 2006 2016 right, end of okay. 2016 okay. when just after power apps g8 right okay. And I immediately opened it up and I opened, opened up power apps, right. And, uh, and I looked at it and I went, oh, this is too difficult. And I shut it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I did. I opened it up. And I went, oh my God, this thing looks, this thing looks hectic. I'm not, not getting involved in this. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand. See you later. I'm going. And then I thought, no, hang on, I'm, I'm going to come back and have a, have a stab at this. And a week later I got in and I thought, well, there was no, there was no app in the day. There was no training at that time. No, nothing. Right. I went in and I took apart a couple of the templates that did roughly what I wanted to do. There was a building inspection template. And I thought, well, um, I want to inspect the bus. So if I want to inspect a bus, a building inspection, the bus, same thing, attributes, that sort of thing. I want to take a picture. I want to say what's wrong. It's the same process. I just want to shape it differently. So I took the demo. I took the template and I built a demo. And then I said, well, what else can I do? And I already knew about some of the other things I could do because I'd already done them. So, I bought in things like the live positioning of the buses. So, I could, like, if I, if I wanted to say, if I said to the engineers, oh, this bus is broken down somewhere, instead of just sending it's between these two bus stops, which is what the mileage system could account for, I could sh- say to them that it's two minutes prior to that bus stop and give them a, an on the map location of where it is. Because if I just turn around and say, oh, it's at the dog and dumpling, well, where's the dog and dumpling? It's a bus stop in such and such, you know, on such and such a street. And their engineers don't know the 1,500 bus stops that their buses serve, but they know the high street N22, right? So if I could tell them that, it was great. And then when they were at the location, I could capture their latitude and longitude to say exactly where the bus was broken down. So I've got that lovely little ping on the Power BI map. Everyone loves a map in Power BI, and so on and so forth. So you just found yourself, you just found the whole platform kind of expanding from there, and the, the end of possibility. And, and my claim to fame with that app, I built as a proof of concept, as that proof of concept was actually shown to Mr. Gates himself, at a Microsoft, <laughs> um, a, a, an internal Microsoft demo. And uh, I've got a have wow. got a little email from from the guys who showed it, and I showed it to my mum, and she was very proud and finally understood that her son had actually done something right for a change. Um, <laughs> Because before she genuinely didn't have any idea what I did for a living. uh, He does something with computers, but we don't know.
0: The good news from part one of this special podcast is that Keith's mum now knows what he does for a living. I tried to explain to my mum the other day what I do with great difficulties, so work for me to do there. One of the key messages that came through from my chat with Keith is that in whatever job it is you do, If you can see that there is a challenge to be solved, something that will make your life or perhaps the lives of others easier and you feel you can come up with a solution to solve it, then don't hold back. A different perspective to a known challenge can often lead to a solution no one else has considered. And from there, you've opened a whole new world of opportunity. I hope you enjoyed part one. Stay tuned for part two coming next week. And until then, take care of yourselves.